This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been dealing with doubt and deconstruction, and, and, and maybe some of you are thinking, well, you guys are spending so much time on this. Why? Why? And I, I think the the short answer would just be that that this is the reality of the Christian life. That I wish it was that we went from from height to height, but it's peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. I think too culturally we're at a time where it's become popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, all all you have to do is search for the hashtag exvangelical or hashtag deconstruction, and and there are whole social media accounts dedicated to processing this out in public and, and kind of drawing others into that that walk. So I want you to be prepared and, and know how to handle when those doubts creep up. And to know that you're not alone in your doubts and you're not alone in your questions. There's We even have examples in the Bible that God has given us of people doubting but yet seeking answers in God himself. So we're going to work through 10 principles for dealing with doubt. Um, these came, come from a book called Faithfully Different, Regaining Biblical Clarity in a Secular Culture. It's like any list. It probably could be eight. It probably could be 14. Um, so it's not like a magical, you know, absolute, these are the 10. Right. Um, but these are nice 10 round number, though. Um, that have been suggested, and, and so we're going to go through them. And it's like anything, maybe you'll find some on the list helpful and, and some not, um, but hopefully beneficial to go over all of them anyway. And the first in this list is that you have to be honest with yourself about the nature of truth. And at the core of this is, how do we know what is true? What what gives something its authority? And what this really sometimes happens is that we create truth based upon the opinions of other pre- people, circumstances, what we, our own feelings, mm-hmm. and that's not truth. Those those actually end up being preferences. It's one of the reasons why you know, Francis Schaeffer spoke of true truth, you know, because people have their quote-unquote truth, and, but it isn't necessarily true to the God of the Bible and what he's revealed. And so so you have to be honest about the nature of truth. How did you come to that understanding of what was true? Because there are, there are different ways in which we know things. We know it by experience. We know it by an authority. And most, actually, uh, the majority of the things that you know have come to you by an authority. So and in one sense, you have to test the authorities that you're you're believing in, and you know this is why there's oftentimes conspiracy theories because they you, you can't trust a certain authority that's 
told you things. So experience and authority play a, a role in helping us come to understanding what is true. And we're, you know, we're reformed pastors and one of the the primary tenets of the Reformation is this idea of sola scriptura. The scripture mm-hmm. alone has mm-hmm. the authority to direct us how we're to live and how we're to worship. And it's that foundation principle that everything else is built on. Like mm-hmm. God's word is the truth. And when we come to the word, we're not to try to form it and make it fit into what we have preconceived mm-hmm. or what our friends are telling us it should say. God's word is his word and we need to be molded by it and shape our thinking according to his truth. Yeah, it should be an objective reality that is real for all people in all places at all times mm-hmm. instead of the right. internal subjectivity. Right. Mm-hmm. So to take all of this and, and go back to an, uh, something that Jonathan said several days ago about sometimes we want to justify our behavior and so then we redefine mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. I There was an experience I had um, when I lived in Iowa where a husband and wife, the, the, the wife had early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. And ended up that she had to be under in in a care facility because um, the husband could no longer care for her, provide the care that she needed. And in the meantime, he had met somebody else that Mm. he had fallen in love with. And so he came to the conclusion that because his wife actually had dementia, that that was then grounds that God was okay with God, he actually used the phrase that God told him mm-hmm. that it was okay to have a divorce because she, in essence, had already stopped being the person that she was. Mm. And then he could marry the other person, and he and his new wife would go and visit his first wife and say that all of this was perfectly acceptable to God and in essence, what he did is he redefined truth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to fit the circumstances of, of, his, of his life. It's incredible how the Lord's voice often affirms exactly what we want to do in <laughs> violation of the scriptures. Yeah. And maybe a, a positive example along the same lines that is what you should do is another family friend of ours years ago, wife was in an accident and was in a coma for years. And she ended up, she did pass away. And then he got remarried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's does there is a positive understanding of what should be done in those yeah. instances. You have to know, first of all, truth is, as Francis Schaeffer said, there's true truth. So our, our standard of authority is going to be God's word, you know. Thus Which is the, not affected by our circumstances. Yeah, and, right. And, it doesn't and, matter and, if and, your spouse and, is in a coma the, or and the, and, has dementia. And the Word of God can be tested. You know, there's a. I think that you know the biggest test for the Word of God is the is concentrating on the resurrection. We're coming up on you know in a month or so at Easter. Easter is as demonstrated to be true, no matter how many um, critics of Christianity they cannot disprove the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this leads us to affirm other things about the Bible that are true, and you know you can you can build the case for the infallible proof of Scripture uh, from what has been revealed to us. And I so you get back to true truths, and you have to be honest with yourself about what you have been believing is true. Is was it just peer pressure? 
Was it just was it that one professor in in college that just kept throwing out you know? But what if? What if you know that kind of stuff? So I think you have to come back to what is true. And Jonathan is actually providing us some segues into some others on our list. We'll just do them in the order that Jonathan just provided. <laughs> uh, number two then is know the true truth mm-hmm. for our true test for Christianity. And Jonathan so beautifully just delineated that out. It's the Bible would say that it, it is the resurrection, mm-hmm. that that is the heart of the Christian faith. And if that's not true, then nothing's true. Mm-hmm. If that's not true, then we don't have a faith. Well, Paul said the we most would be, of pitied. all men, most miserable. Yeah. yeah. Most to be pitied. And then. Also, Jonathan was playing around at the edges is search your doubts to find its root. Mm-hmm. Um, what's causing it? Mm-hmm. Is it the professor mm-hmm. that keeps poking? Mm-hmm. Um, is it the friend that is maybe shouldn't have been your best friend? Yeah. Or that boyfriend yeah. What, or girlfriend. What is, the source, what is the source of your doubt? Was it the evening news? Was it a movie? Was it you know the professor? Was it a conversation you had at work? Is this... Was it because you wanted to accept the lifestyle of a friend mm-hmm. of yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Circumstance, diagnosis, disease. I mean, what 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 has been the the seed of those questions you're asking? Or a hard circumstance in yeah. your own life? Yeah. You know, a loved one perishing, or or unexpectedly, or some mm-hmm. difficulty, a difficult diagnosis that you've been given. Yeah, you, you've all been in those moments where something you you reacted to something, and somebody will be like, "Wait." that wasn't big enough to merit that reaction. Mm. What's really going on? Mm. Yeah. What's underneath that's, mm. that's not been dealt with or is unresolved. And sometimes in our, our doubts, we deal with something surface level. That's really not the issue. Mm-hmm. There's something else below. And so I think it's always important to, to keep going further down and saying, okay, what's, what's really at the core? Yeah. What what's the heart of of the of the of the questions? We live in a believe in yourself world, you do you world, and those those things don't have a firm place to stand. Yeah. The fourth one is that remember the truth has nothing to fear. Even if Christians you know don't welcome or can't answer your questions. Truth has nothing to fear. So let, mm-hmm. let's just pause on this one just for a little while. I think to that, like maybe there aren't, maybe someone doesn't have the answers to your questions and you're really struggling with it and you really want to know those answers. One of the things that you can talk to your pastor about are some tools to search through the scriptures. Because mm-hmm. one of the things we, we do know for certain is that God does have an answer. There is place in scripture that would deal with such a thing and we are not infallible in our knowledge though we are trained and took seminary courses we still we don't know all the different places where we might need to go and there are tools that we can use to search the scriptures more effectively and find those answers and most of us are standing on the shoulders of you know theologians and scholars from the past i mean even even you know Augustine, Augustine, uh, you know he he had an experience when he was coming to Christianity, and he didn't really 
uh, you know, there were so many pat answers that he was given that really didn't get to his doubts or uh, understanding. And, you know, when he would try to question, you know, people would, you know, try to put him off from the doubts by just saying, uh, you know, you know, you're prying too much, or you're you're asking too hard of questions. And he said, the honest approach is to say, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And and there are things that we don't know. You know, the secret things belong to God. There are some things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you go back to the things that you do know in order to begin to manage the things that you don't know. Yeah, I think uh, as you're. I'll back up a little bit what I just said there. There are things where God, as Jonathan just said, the secret things belong to God and the revealed things belong to us. There are things that God does not give us an answer to, but just calls us to believe it. One example would be how he exists as a trinity. There's no amount of human effort, no amount of examining nature or anything like that will bring us a definitive answer to completely understand how God exists as a trinity, yet he calls us to believe that he does. I remember once when I was in college, or, and my sister and I worked at a Bible camp, and in the morning she was a uh, college volleyball player, I was a college track runner, and we would get up at 6 o'clock every morning and work out together, and one morning we were out on the, the tennis courts and we were jumping rope, and my sister turns to me and says to me, what if it's all not true? Mm. And I remember just absolutely being floored. I mean, what do you mean it's not true? Mm-hmm. And then I came to the realization, it is true, and the Bible can handle the questions of my sister. Mm-hmm. And it, it's okay to ask those questions, because the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to this tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.